The NFL trade deadline may have given this season the jolt it needed. Big names moving around the country, contenders looking to solidify their position, and as always, the Browns. Just the Browns. On top of all of that, it's one of the toughest bye weeks of the year to navigate, and many people really need to just figure out a lineup. Luckily, the Ruts boys are here to get you through the tough waters. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Donald here with Scott and Tom. Hey, everybody. Gentlemen, we got the two most important words in sports on Wednesday night. Free taco. (laughs) Did you guys get your free taco for uh, Steel Base, Steel Taco? I did not. I was was thinking you were going to go game seven, but... uh, Well, that's that's third best. Okay. The second best now is trade deadline. <laughs> what a trade deadline the NFL had. 20 minutes after we recorded, it seems like a hailstorm of trades went off. <laughs> yes. um, we got the news of the Dwayne Brown trade literally right after I finished editing down the episode and we had broken down everything. And I was just like, oh my God. And then what was it like an hour after the Dwayne Brown trade, right before Monday Night Football started, we got the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. Which I I didn't even think that was gonna that was a possibility, um, but a very interesting one with that. We're gonna get to every big trade um, in a little bit, but first let's get to our uh, our week nine preview. We're gonna do our preview segments, and uh, let's start with shut it down. Shut it down. And we'll keep it with quarterbacks as we often do. Uh, Scotty, why don't you go with your shut it down quarterback? I am telling John Taffer to visit Marcus Mariota and uh, get himself shut down today. It's just a tough matchup. Uh, you know, I think it will be healthier, but Baltimore's defense has been playing well. Their pass defense has been performing well. And, you know, you can run on them. Miami proved that to be difficult, but they can't run on anybody. And, you know, if you can't run on Baltimore, you're going to score zero points. So I think that they will lean on the run a lot, and it will lead to Mariota not having too big of a game. Uh you know, I kind of get if you if you are going to start him, though, just because this week is tough on quarterbacks. Yeah. Tom, how about you? I'm shutting down McGown. Shut him down. And that's because he's had some great weeks. The last three, 20.3, 24.5, 18.3. You might be encouraged to give this guy a go, but it just so happened that those games lined up, and now he's going to face a very tough Buffalo defense. Granted, he's at home, but... I think Buffalo can travel on this one, and uh, if it were me, I'd be looking to the guys that were plum picking to start and give that spot start to instead of Josh McCown this week. I had two names on my list, Marcus Mariota and Josh McCown, (laughs) and saw that both of you picked them before I made my picks, so I'm in total agreement with both of you, Um, especially (laughs) you know for Mariota, like like Scott, you said. Baltimore's defense could not be coming off of a bigger momentum shift for them, shutting out their last opponent. You know that that confidence carries, yeah. Especially with in, with a quarterback who's been a little bit more inconsistent than we've thought. Speaking of inconsistency, we go to Tom now, who's play, McCown playing a much more difficult defense than anyone thought that Buffalo's would be this year, and it's just not the right matchup for McCown. McCown in plus matchups this year. We're all in agreement. We're all for starting Mc- him. McCown's a QB1 right now. Absolutely. <laughs> QB9. Yeah. So he's absolutely worth a, a start when when the matchup is right. Uh, but I don't think the matchup is right. I, I agree with you, Tom. And, you know, uh, the Ravens are coming off a Thursday night game. So even the Titans coming off their bye, the, the Ravens still had some time to rest up and prepare as well. So I think that that kind of washes that scenario out. So Mariota has a, has a bit of a struggle. Definitely. I'm actually going to go with uh, Jameis Winston. Now, he's playing the Saints. We know, and they're playing in New Orleans. We know that that has shootout potential always. But the way that the Saints are playing now, they don't want to do that. And they've proven that they don't want to do that. And they don't trust their defense to stand up in, an, in a game like that. So I think the Saints are going to define how Jameis Winston does a lot more than what the Bucks are doing. That being said, the Bucks have been extremely inconsistent, particularly on the road this year. And, you know, even though, I mean, it's just been a tough, it's been a tough year to kind of peg what Jameis is going to do. And no like doubt. I said on the recap episode in, um, on Tuesday, I don't think we know 
just how injured his shoulder is. Now, granted, he did start throwing today, which is the first time he's picked up a football and thrown it in practice before Friday in about a month. So it's just tough for me to trust him right now, especially against a defense that's playing very well and an, and playing on an offense that's been inconsistent so far this year. Yeah, the only reason that I would, and I'm, I agree, but the only reason that I can see that going awry is that he just has so many attempts in this game. If it gets to that level, right. that it would be like when he played Buffalo. We're agreeing that Buffalo is a tough target, but if you have that many attempts and enough weapons, you can really get it done. Right. But that's you know that's the same for anybody. So I think the percentage chance of Jameis Winston going out there and showing out is low, but it exists. And the right. Saints are, are trying to control the, the clock, I think, a lot more on offense now, and they realize that uh, Ingram and Kamara are both you know very steady backs that – can move the ball for them and breeze really hasn't gone too crazy yet so it seems like they're trying to control the game that could hurt Jameis too definitely let's move to running backs now scotty who you got i'm shutting down cj anderson um the eagles are third best against the rush they've only allowed uh, 563 rushing yards on the year and uh in comes our boy brock osweiler you know to, to come in at the helm i think that philly's got to go all out to just stop the run make him try to beat them through the air and uh, it could easily be a blowout and CJ Anderson really doesn't get much pass work anymore. It's more Booker. So if it starts to get in that game script, he's going to be on the sideline. I think a lot. Yeah. And and, you know, the game script of the chiefs game, I mean, they looked like they were trying to get Jamal Charles set up in a, in an opportunity where he would get double digit carries. And unfortunately he had that fumble that was returned for a touchdown kind of turned the whole game on its side and, Scott, I'm, I think you mentioned this. Devontae Booker had the rushing touchdown for Denver last week, right. so a really difficult, um, a really difficult spot for any CJ Anderson owner to be in right now because it really does look like a true committee now that Booker's back. He's only getting fifty percent in the fifties percentage wise of rushing attempts and in the fifties percent snaps in general. Yeah, and he's getting an even lower uh, portion of the receiving game out of the backfield. So it's it's tough days ahead for C.J. Anderson. Yeah, I was looking at his receiving numbers, and there's, I feel like there's so much. Like He was actually a pretty good receiver, but they're so far down this year. He's not even right. used at all. Tom, let's go to you for your shutdown running back. Yeah, I'm shutting down a guy who was all over the news, uh, J.J. Yep. It's yep. just – Whoa. What? what a I mean I'm just, that was like my reaction to when he got traded oh. yesterday. <laughs> I was just like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, that was, uh, that was very weird. surprising. Yeah, so you know, they already said for this week LeGarrette Blunt is still the starter. So if you're a JHI owner, like I know he has been an every week starter, but I would be convinced to sit him this week. Yeah. Definitely. Because yes. I know this is now like the second bye week you've had to deal with with him, but it's probably good. You know, he is always nursing that knee ever, even since college, he's nursing that knee. So a rest week for JHI is always appreciated. But LeGarrette Blunt has, you know, goal line prowess, and yeah. he can probably still maintain that going forward, which is scary for both of them. Yep. You know, uh, I think this actually hurts both of their stock. People are super excited about this trade, and it makes sense in an NFL, you know, let's go out there and try to win some playoff games manner. Right. But for fantasy, I think it can really get cloudy, and I think people's expectations are kind of off the mark on this one so far. I yeah. think so, too. There, there hasn't been anything close to – one a one running back show since LaShawn McCoy left the Eagles. Uh, you know, Clement was the leading rusher last week. And, you know, that was supposed to be what we thought Wendell Smallwood. And they still have Blunt. And now they bring in a guy who's been pretty inconsistent this year. And he could be great, but, you know, he, I don't think he's going to get the volume that people think that uh, he is I just because he traded teams. I just have, like, all these names at running back popping through my head. Ryan Matthews, Darren Sproles, DeMarco Murray, LeGarrette Blunt. Like, think about how many running backs brought have been brought in and – all of this was caused by the fact that Chip Kelly woke up in a bad mood one day and traded LaShawn McCoy. Like, I just yeah. don't, like, they just didn't have to trade Shady. We wouldn't even be having this discussion. Like, Shady would still be as good as he is, and he'd be killing it for a Super Bowl contender. He's he's better for the Bills, so yeah. whatever. I and, think it worked yeah. out for Shady. But, um, but, yeah, just a tough week to trust a Jai. And in these cases, especially, you know, with, with a trade, I feel like I like to give guys a week to just kind of see yeah, what role they have. I mean, it really burned me with the Adrian Peterson call when he got traded to the Cardinals, but a different situation because Peterson was all the Cardinals really had to go with 
last uh, when they got him. And Ajay, that's not the case. He's not the only train in the track. His Twitter account, J Train, right. whatever they call him. Um, I'm shutting down the Raiders because I just like I said. Speaking of giving it a week, I want to see what this Raiders backfield looks like now that DeAndre Washington has kind of asserted himself as a playmaking running back out of the backfield, and also. You know, Scott, you mentioned it on the recap episode. The Raiders have thrown the ball almost a hundred times in the past two yep. weeks, which is a lot, as you also confirmed. <laughs> um, so I, I just have a tough time trusting any of these running backs this week. I want to kind of give it a week, take a look at the snap share, take a look at you know if they're getting meaningful touches inside the twenty, inside the ten. Before I say, okay, I can roll with this guy for DFS. I have no shares of this backfield in any of my season longs, so I'm really kind of looking at a DFS investment with any of these guys right. right now. And I'm not looking to invest any amount of money in them this week. And they're attractive because they're cheap. You know, all of them are relatively cheap, but I agree. Miami's defense has actually been pretty good against the run this year too. And and like you said, too many amounts of feed and they don't even really, you know, they target the running backs a lot, but you know, that means a little bit, but yeah. I think it's more, you know, they're leaning on Crabtree and Cooper. Exactly. Let's switch to wide receivers. Tom, who are you shutting down at wide receiver this week? I'm trying to mention a lot of the guys that were in the news to try to combine everything here. Make yeah. everything a little more seamless for the listening experience. So who am I going with? Funches. It's okay. very excitable. I, if I had him, I'd be super pumped. I have him in a league and I am pumped. Me but, too. I mean, this week he goes up against some corners who aren't pushovers. No, We've got uh, Trufant, Alford. You know, the, the Falcons secondary is pretty decent. There's no doubt about it. And Funches has never really risen to the occasion the reason i want to bring this up is because in cam newton's you know glory season where kelvin benjamin was hurt they were like oh, we need Funches to step up and, and he when he was supposed to be the one right. he was nowhere to be found yeah so if that's gonna happen this year i'm not gonna go crazy over Funches right now right i'd be happy that he's on my roster there's no doubt about it i'd be happy if i had him but this week it doesn't mean like Oh man, you know DFS got to play Funches. Right. Uh, every lineup I've got, I'm got to play Funches. If you've got better wide receivers, if you've got more of those, you know, I don't want to say star power because you know right. I'm I'm not a slave to a name. Right. But if you've got guys who have been producing already at a higher level than Funches, I would roll with them instead of him. I understand his upside is there, but we've seen it before where he didn't just float to the top. Agreed. Right. Yeah. And he was young then too, which, you know, he could have gotten better throughout the years, but I agree with you 100%. He was like one of the other guys I was thinking about shutting down as well. I have him in a league, so I am a little nervous about this week, but the one thing I will say is it seems like he could get like 15 targets if this game gets, you know, uh, in the higher scoring, which I don't really expect it to. So I agree with you. I don't think he, he has that big of a week. It's worth noting, too, um, in the game that Benjamin left early with an injury, uh, obviously he was traded to the Bills, but when he left the game with an injury, Funches did have 10 targets the rest of that game. Christian McCaffrey also had 11. So I think this game in particular could be more of a McCaffrey game than a Funches game, which I think does put a dent in to the people with stars in their eyes saying, Devin Funches is my wide receiver too for the rest of this season. He could be, but not this week. Yeah, and also um, Greg Olson working toward a comeback. Right. So and maybe, he'll be a Maybe big he's going to get a big target share right now, but when, when uh, Benjamin was down in the past, we saw Olsen be fed. Yeah, and just own. Scott, let's move to you. Who are you shutting down at wide receiver? I'm shutting down Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, you know, his only big catch last week, it was an awesome play, and it was nice to see him go out there and actually make a play like that. But it was very 49ered up, in my opinion, and I think that any other team may have, I don't know, maybe had a little better coverage or maybe actually tackled him. And anyway, Alshon hater. I am a bit of an Alshon hater, but I think it's warranted this week because he's playing against the Broncos, you yeah. know, and I just don't really see him – going out there and having a big week. I think Wentz is going to lean on Ertz, and he's going to lean more on Aguilar through the middle of the field in that passing attack. And it's just a you know another average meh kind of day for uh, Jeffrey. I agree, and I'm actually going to explain why I agree with you a little bit later in the show. Hint, hint. Um, I'm shutting down the Packers. Um, I would like to give this another wait-a-week moment to see how the Packers look after their bye. And I know a lot of people might be desperate with the amount of bye weeks that we have, but this is not the week to kind of count on Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, or Randall Cobb because the Lions' pass defense, despite what Juju Smith-Schuster may think, has been pretty good this year. 
Um, big play susceptible, but we don't know how you know, we don't know how apt to trying to get a big play in the passing game the Packers are going to be with Brett Hundley at quarterback. They may try to hide behind Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery. So we really I really want to see what it looks like after the bye week. And I think it's a tough divisional matchup in prime time that, you know, we're going to have to kind of see. It's basically going to be trial by fire for this Green Bay offense coming out of the bye. So I'm trying to stay away from it where I can. Are you shutting down just the receivers? Yep. Okay. Because I actually think this could be um, a comeback to value for Ty Montgomery. I'm not saying, like, go run with him in every league you've got. But I think – and I had said it before when he got injured. You know, maybe they're going to, like – let Aaron Jones into it until the bye. But Aaron Jones, he really did play well. Yeah, he so did. there's a chance that it's a split. But if they go right back to Ty Montgomery, I know that's going to make some owners very, very happy. I think Jordy Nelson is a riskier play this week because of uh, Darius Slay. Right. But you see wide receiver twos kind of have good days versus the Lions. So we'll see what goes on. But I agree I'd like to watch it a little bit from an outside perspective. But if I had to start Devontae Adams or one of them, I think I would choose Devontae Adams. Yeah, I think I would too. I, I I mean, I would roll Jordy out too if I really needed him, but you of know, course. it's, you know, that I think it's a desperate move, you're right, though. Yeah. All right, uh let's go to tight ends. I'll start. I've got Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh if I'm if we're going to shut down McCown, I think we have to shut down Jenkins. The Bills, like we said a couple of weeks ago, despite that OJ Howard game, the Bills have been very good against tight ends all season. Just ask Jared Cook last week. He had a really tough time getting any kind of separation from those Bills linebackers. I think the trend continues. I'm not touching ASJ in, in, uh, in daily season long. If I've been riding the wave, I think I might give it a shot just because so you know many, he and McCown do have a great rapport and he gets so, so many, many on buys. Right yeah, now. And there's dude. just so many on buys. You're right. So it's a tough matchup for me, not one that I'm looking to invest a whole lot in this week. Yeah, I agree. It is a tough matchup. I'm rolling them out, but you know, it, like it's as a it's as a Gronk filler, and uh, in one league, so I'm not overly excited. But he does get the target share, and and he's he's money. All right. Well, then, how about your <laughs> tight end, Scott? I'm shutting down Ed Dixon, and it's more on the basis that you know, receiver targets, absence of receiver targets doesn't necessarily equal tight end targets right so if you're looking for this guy on the waiver because you have all these buys this week and you're like oh well Kevin Benjamin got traded uh Ed Dixon you know he'll get more targets because he's just on the field and you know running routes and breathing and whatever but like you said Funches saw an an absurd amount of targets once Benjamin left the game and so did McCaffrey so it's very possible they lead on those two more heavily in the past game and you know Ed Dixon has never blown them away just like in the last episode where I was talking about Cam's comments about him and his big game saying Greg Olson's coming back you know they just don't you know they're not going to feature him in the past game so it's just going to be another Ed Dixon like game right and I, I think you know this we might this might be the time where they start to show us a little bit more of what they plan on doing Doing with Curtis Samuel, a guy who they got they kind of got killed for drafting him because they said he's pretty much a worse version of Christian McCaffrey. So why would you take him? But they might start to uncork him a little bit more yeah. and kind of get some gadgety things going with him and McCaffrey to kind of offset the fact that they don't have the big man in the red zone. Tom, who you got for tight end this week? I'm shutting down Delaney Walker. I'm a big fan. Obviously, I've always I've always liked him. He hasn't done you Same. so. He hasn't made you proud yet this year, really. No, not but, really. Um, he's a little bit hurt. He's good for one or two missed games a year. And uh, this looks like to, it might be one. He didn't practice today. Today's Wednesday as we record. Um, if he if he does go, I still would discourage it because they have these other tight ends in the stable that can run routes and catch passes. And Supernaw. Yeah. <laughs> well, Supernaw is not so bad. No. And, or Johnu, too. Yeah, Johnu. And the thing is, is he's playing Baltimore, and if you're looking, like we've said, on you know the the rank versus the position, that is still so skewed by Mercedes Lewis it in is. London. Baltimore has always been one of those teams that is very good against the tight end. I know I said that last week about the Texans and got burnt on it, but you know, <laughs> going back to the well. <laughs> I mean, it's just the it's what the percentages say. Yeah, you know, um, when all this stuff comes in one game, that's what we in the business call an outlier. <laughs> that's right? right. So. <laughs> I would not feel overly confident in Delaney Walker, despite the the uh, the myriad of buys this week. I would look elsewhere. I really would. Yeah, I okay. agree. I agree with you. 
Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough week overall for tight ends for sure. Um, but right now, if you got our shut if you got one of these shutdown guys, it's time to move over now to our plum picks. I can feel it down in my plums. So that we can give you some guys that you need to get into your lineups because we've got a really good feeling about them. Let's start with quarterbacks. I like Carson Wentz this week for a DFS investment. I think people may be shying away because they see Denver, but you've seen it, right? The Denver offense is terrible. They're sure playing is. against an Eagles defense who has been playing very well over the past nine weeks of the season or eight weeks of the season so far. The Eagles offense has been playing very good, and last week the Broncos defense struggled a, l- a little bit against a Chiefs offense that had been rolling so far this year. And I'd argue that the Eagles offense looks better than the Chiefs offense does. So I'm not scared of this matchup for Wentz at all. Me neither. You, you almost you had me convinced, and then you didn't like when you brought it up, the wheels started turning in my head, and I was convinced, and then you didn't even mention it. So hopefully I can help you out here and everyone else as well. Tight ends have been uh the destructing force. Uh, yeah, okay. He's your plum pick. The <laughs> tight ends have been um, ruining them. So, you know, Travis Kelsey has a big game, as right. he often does, and you pointed that out beforehand as well. And if uh, Carson Wentz and Ertz can continue to do business as usual. Ertz is my plum pick tight end. Yeah, then I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that combination. And, you know, I agree with you. Even when I was talking about Alshon Jeffrey, I brought that exact pairing up. Um, the Broncos' defense can't be on the field as long as they have been. The Chiefs are, are, you know, you're just able to wear them down, even even though they're that good. By the end of it, you know, they're just out of gas, and I think that's what's going to happen to the to to them. So by the second half, Carson Wentz is just going to be able to do what he wants. Yeah, it I might agree. not it might not happen right away, but I think Wentz is eventually going to get you an extremely serviceable day. Let's go, Tom. Your plum pick quarterback is Drew Brees. It feels cool to uh, give him some credit in like a in a contrarian way. Like he hasn't yeah. been blowing the doors off like he has his entire career. So I don't even feel like picking Drew Brees as my plum pick is cheap. I think like people are waiting for the game. Right. And this is the matchup. We've been talking about the Tampa Bay defense and how, you know, of a soft target it is. And I think this is a game where if Jameis does get a million attempts and Drew Brees gets a million attempts, then Drew Brees is certainly going to come out on top in the fantasy point arena. And he's got the weapons to do it. All it takes, and I say this all the time with any team, with a good running back who catches out of the backfield, and Ingram and Kamara can both do it, yep. is little even dumps that'll take you off to the end zone and to the promise. Which land. the Saints always seem to get a couple of yeah, throughout the year. Yes, for sure. Getting these short rushing touchdowns, which, like, those are great. But in the Saints offense, that's not generally how their bread is buttered. Right, you know? and... When you're facing Tampa Bay, you don't even really need that many attempts to have that big of a day. So even if it's very balanced, like the Saints have been, in 25 attempts, Drew Brees can light this team completely on fire. Yeah, and I just want to go over his uh, his daily price. So right now, the most expensive daily quarterback is Deshaun Watson, which is an Rightfully awesome, deserved. It's an awesome sight to see, something that we probably didn't expect coming into the season. No question. And Drew Brees Scott a, did. Uh, yeah, I fully expected that. <laughs> Drew Brees is a full $1,300 cheaper versus Tampa Bay. Yeah. So I mean, Watson has a great matchup, too. <laughs> his match, so this is something that you know I, I consider when I'm building fantasy lineups is sometimes the matchup, it can be too good. Yeah. Like he might stop passing. Like Aaron Rodgers, right? When you watch him, obviously you can't right now, which is a damn shame. Yep. But he will score literally 25 points in the first half and be and done. That's it. Yeah. And he'll do it on like 200 passing yards. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Deshaun Watson, I, I don't know. Like, Granted, he's awesome. He's going to score above 20 I get it. Points. You think he's going to be too awesome, and the game's going to be – he won't even be in in the fourth What quarter. I'm saying is for $1,300 extra, dollars, I can improve these other positions, and I can definitely get by with Drew Brees this week. Yep, yep, agreed. All right, Scotty, your plum pick quarterback? I think you can go even a little deeper than Drew Brees and pick up I, – I think he, he might be cheaper. You might you might have to back me up on that, Tom. Uh, and pick up Jared Goff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's definitely cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> it's looking, worth a look. I'm like looking at the quarterbacks. I'm like, I wonder who he's going to bring up because I forgot. But I knew you're pumping. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, the Jack Rabbit is suspended and he won't be playing this week. 
They're coming. Everything's off a fine in New York. Yeah, everything's fine with the Giants. Exactly, guys. and it's kind of it. My plum pick is kind of based off that. I think that the Rams are capable of going east. Don, you actually uh, made me believe in that. Uh, he didn't particularly have a great game against the Jags, but it was a good showing for their team. So I think that they can travel well, and I think that they will travel well against the Giants team. Like like you said, you know their their defensive backfield is just in shambles, and their defense in general is in trouble. And the Rams got weapons, and I think Goff Goff gets it done in a big way this week. Absolutely, I like it a lot. Um, Goff, I was actually thinking about streaming this week in I a am. league where I lost Rodgers. I'm in between it. It's it's like Tyrod or Goff. What do you guys think? Tyrod. Tyrod. Yeah. But, uh, he's not available in the one where I got Goff. Ah, so. yeah. All right. Um, let's go to running backs, and Scott, we'll stay with you for this one. Okay. It's uh, Adrian Peterson. And, you know, he, he's coming off a bit of a turd. But I think that when you're coming off this bye and you have this new quarterback in and the, the Cardinals know firsthand what they're getting with Stanton because he's come in for Carson Palmer how many times over the years, and they know it's nothing special. So they're going to lean heavy on AP. I think it's one of those games again where you see AP get 20 carries, and it's a defense that he can just shred. You know, yeah. the 49ers have been absolutely owned on the ground, and I think AP looks rejuvenated, and he rumbles again. Very much worth it in, in a daily. All righty. Tom, running back? My... Pump pick running back. I spoiler alerted it about a couple weeks ago. Is, uh, and now you have to stick with it. <laughs> Orleans Darkwell. I think he's got two good matchups upcoming. Right now he's going against the Rams, which we're talking about this matchup a lot. But they give up the second most amount of points to the position in fantasy. And then next week he's got the 49ers, which Scott yep. was just talking about with Adrian Peterson. Whoa. So he's got two great matchups right now. If you're one of those guys out there and he's available – He's still widely available. If you're one of those people out there who need a win and you got to buy a win, I mean, there it is. These two weeks, he could be that kind of hero to you. I think we have a drop that sounds like that. I think (laughs) we do, yeah. And I think we've brought him up in that. (laughs) Of course, we did. But um, I really like it. I think for the game script wise, um, the only problem is if they go down too much. I think Paul Perkins will work a lot more in the passing game than he would. Or yeah, sorry, Gallman would work more in the right. passing game than he would. But I think that he's really gonna get meaningful touches and I think there's gonna be enough offensive plays to go around in this game that I think he puts in a good fantasy performance, especially versus soft target, and that's all you can ask for. I like it. Me too, dude. I'm in. I got I'm yeah. starting him in a couple of leagues too. <laughs> that's Let's awesome. Go Darkwa. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I mean he's got he's the one with the nose for the end zone on yeah. that team. And if he doesn't get the goal line, he has their only rushing touchdown. Oh, that hey, there you go. (laughs) Hashtag stats. He's got a hundred percent of them, baby. That's right. Maybe fifty. I think Eli also has one, so he's got all of their running back rushing touchdowns. Right. Hashtag stats. Um, I'm going Leonard Fournette. I know you're going to start him regardless, but I think he's worth the DFS investment this week because the Bengals just got run all over by. Marlon Mack and Frank Gore. Le'Veon Bell the week before. Le'Veon Bell the week before. I think this is a soft target for rushing and the Jags are at home. And I think this is spelling a big time game for Leonard Fournette. Dare I say it, you can pencil him in for multiple touchdowns this week. Is he your number one running back? Uh, is Zeke playing? No. Maybe. You yeah. know Zeke isn't playing. <laughs> I just like rubbing it in. <laughs> but I think I think Fournette's going to be awesome too. Yeah. I agree with you. I think he's worth that that high price tag this week. He's probably, you know, my favorite high priced uh, running back. What was it, Tom? Tom, you got the prices up. No, I, I got the prices up, but I was just showing you that I have him in my lineup. Oh, there you go. Uh, Eighty six hundred. He's expensive, but. Worth he's worth it. it yeah totally for sure because he gets <laughs> because like with mac and gore they kind of split those guys up to do different things fournette can do whatever gore can do at his current age and whatever the colts decide they want mac to do combined and possibly even a little bit better and he scores a touchdown every week he plays so yeah which is also pretty that. helpful um let's move to wide receivers now tom my plum pick wide receiver I love how you're building these up. I know. I'm doing it a lot for like literally every single one. Maybe it's going to get um, annoying, but it's back to the Giants. Let us Giants. know at RutzFF. It's, it's back to the Giants and Rams, and unbelievably, this guy was available in two leagues. I used waiver claims in both of them for the guy, and I got him 
Yeah, Don's looking at me with a shocked face, but he was. Sammy Watkins. Oh. People got tired of him. They dropped him. The Jackrabbit is not playing. Yeah, that's that's a perfect little tee He's been a a problem in your lineups because of all the cornerbacks that he's faced that are problematic to him. I was going to say this is a Cooper Cup week had Jackrabbit been playing. Right. But Janoris Jenkins is out, making it a clear Sammy Watkins week for me. This guy has burned me all over the, <laughs> Creation. All over the timeline <laughs> of the world. But I really do think the stars have aligned this week. And uh, I'm not afraid to play him where I've got buys. I'm not afraid to play him in uh, Daily Fantasy. Granted, if you've got other, more reliable, stable options, go right ahead. You know, right. be my guest. But you You'll can miss hit a out. home run this week. <laughs> yeah, you can't win the lottery if you don't play it. Yep. And I think today we got uh, we got some insider trading tips on Sammy Watkins. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think he could. E- this could easily be a week he goes out there and catches one of those bombs and – and Goff kind of starts to build that rapport with him with with Jenkins out. I like it. Scotty, how about you? I am plum picking Des Bryant. I know pretty much everyone is going to play him. This is more of DFS. He's definitely worth it. I think he's going to be one of the highest scoring receivers. Let's say let's throw him in the top five this week because he plays against Kansas City, who is actually a very soft, soft target for receivers. Peters is a, is a good risk-taking corner, but you know if Des can win 50-50 balls against anyone, and then, of course, no Zeke. So he becomes a focal point of the offense. I think Dak funnels the ball through Dez, and he has a typical you know, vintage Dez monster game. Yeah, and, and we've been long overdue for one. I think this is a great spot for us to get it. Dallas at home, too, which is always a big help. I'm excited for that. We'll get into it in the preview, game. but I'm excited for that game. Yeah, me too. Um, I, yeah, that's a great call, Scott. Like you said, I think it's a perfect play for DFS. When they went against the Cardinals, you saw how they worked him away from uh, Patrick Peterson. Right. And with Peters not even shadowing, I think they're going to game plan him the ball, and I think they'll do that successfully. And when they did that versus uh, the Cardinals, they were right in the red zone, and he took it in across the painted line. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a cool touchdown, too. I, All right. He didn't get in, if you ask me, as a Zeke owner, because that's a one-yard Zeke touchdown. That's right. He I also didn't get in. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. didn't look like he got in. I agreed with you. Did he catch the one in Green Bay in the playoffs? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Um, my plum pick wide receiver is Marvin Jones Jr. Um, I think he had a big week last week, and I think he is going to keep it rolling against the Packers this week. That's with or without Golden Tate's health improved. Um, I think he's just due for a big week. And remember, this was the game last year where we were like, oh, my gosh, Marvin Jones might be one of the best receivers in the league. He had eight catches for 206 yards and two touchdowns in Green Bay against the Packers last year. Anybody know where this game is being played? Green Bay. In Green Bay. I'm pumped for Marvin Jones this week. I'm happy to be starting him where I have him. And, oh, yeah, the Packers defense, still not very good. Yeah, it's one it's one of the reasons that game was probably one of the reasons why the Packers went out and got uh King as a cornerback in the draft. Uh I think Marvin Jones still has a very good week though. I agree with you because it seems like the you know, the Lions go through this every year where they start the season thinking that they can play the game with some type of balance and then just end up throwing a nope. million times a game and it looks like they've reached the point of throwing a million times a game. They get nothing from Abdullah, nothing from Washington, so it's time to throw and I agree with you, Marvin Jones should get a lot of targets and should have a good game. Would you guys mind if I threw one more in there? Sure. And this is totally plums. I think Devontae Parker comes back and has a good week against the Raiders. He's officially no. playing this week. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Um, tight ends. I tried to save it, but Tom wouldn't let me. Um, Zach Ertz, my plum pick tight end. Worth the DFS investment. Don't care what the cost is. I would even like a Wentz-Ertz stack to kind of fade people maybe being scared of that Denver defense for Wentz. I think it's going to be a very high-flying game for this Eagles offense as Denver's free fall continues. I that's to, my piece. Yeah, I agree with you. I agreed with you before, and I yep. agree with you now. All right, uh, Scott. Okay, I am going with Vernon Davis because Vern Daddy. no Jordan Reed. You know, it seems like he'll be getting a little bit more targets and more because of no Earl Thomas for the Seahawks. So, you know, he's going to have room in the middle of the field that you typically don't get against Seattle. He's going to have target share that he typically doesn't get. And with, you know, these bye weeks like crazy – Start Vernon Davis even against the Seahawks, and I bet he gets you a decent week. I like it. I like it, I like it well. a lot. Tom? I'm going to go with Tyler Croft here. Every time I've plum picked him, he's scored, <laughs> and uh, he's scoring again this week. 
The reason I picked him versus the Steelers is the same reason I'm going to pick him again this week is if they're going to score through the air, it's going to be underneath and not against a great secondary like the Jacksonville Jaguars have. So if they're going to throw in the red zone, as the Bengals are so prone to do, they're going to target the tight end right there you know, from the 15 and in. Yep, I and like it. I really just think that that makes perfect sense. I and like this pick a lot, too. enough people on by, like where I have Gronk, I'm pretty much going to slot in Tyler Croft. It's almost a foregone conclusion. And uh, I'm happy about it. I'll play him in daily as well. If he scores this week, all of Cincinnati is going to be begging you just to plum pick him every single week for the rest <laughs> of the season. I think uh, it's a good pick, too, because the Jackson- Jacksonville's been able to get so much pressure and the – Bengals line is actually kind of bad and that works to the advantage of Croft getting those short quick passes so he can actually rack up like five or six catches and get that touchdown that you get him every time you play. He has him. four yeah. catches in four straight games and that's you know a little bit harder to come by when you're looking for tight end fillers for bye weeks. Yep no so, doubt. So uh, the fact that he's available is a blessing to you and yours. All right well let's get to it then let's uh, run through the slate here to uh, tonight's game at the beginning of the season, looked like a um, like a Snows World up. War II memorial, just a bunch of tanks around. Um, but we've got Bills and Jets. <laughs> it looks way better than they were both tanking. Everybody, you know what I whatever, forget like, it. You know. Yeah. Anyway. All right. It was a reach. I get it. Fine. Um, Bills Jets a lot more realizing the tanks of World War II. <laughs> yeah. we lost a lot of good tanks. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you went to a museum, I think there would. That was so dumb. Um, Bills Jets. <laughs> Shady. Well, big time. We'll hop in for you, Don. Yeah, um, I think it'll be an interesting game, you know, and it didn't look like it at the beginning of the year, which is the point I think Don was trying to get to. Um, but I think it'll be close. It won't be too high scoring, though. So I'm not too excited for a lot of guys in the game. Um, I'm rolling out Tyrod where I have him because I don't have many better options, but I'm not terribly excited. Um, obviously, LeSean McCoy is great and will be started against anyone. And and I like Safarian Jenkins still. Uh, yeah. I mean, Robbie Anderson's our boy, but he's got his hands full this week, right, guys? Yeah, absolutely. Um, how about uh, Kelvin Benjamin, who was traded to Buffalo in this game? On a short week, I think it's really difficult to um, to make for him to make a huge impact. But I do, I do. Let, I mean, I'm I'm not in love with his prospects moving forward, just because you know to switch teams and to switch systems mid season, I think could be tough. But you know, especially for this game, I, I almost shut down Benjamin, but I thought it would have kind of been redundant. I almost did as well. Um, but the reason that I almost did, and I'll just say it now, is. They had Deontay Thompson come in on a Tuesday and play right away, right? Yeah. So it shows you that the Bills would be willing to let this guy go out there and play. I guess they just call the play in the huddle and they say, "Oh yeah, and Kelvin, you're gonna do a you're gonna do a nine route on this one." Right. <laughs> just run a slant, buddy. Yeah. So hopefully there's no audibles uh, this week for them if he does play. But my whole point is, it seems like there's gonna be another bye week for him as well. Like he's probably not gonna play, and if he does. I don't think you should be jumping through hoops to play him just yet. Right. But as for his season-long prospects, I don't think this is a dramatic change to his value really at all unless – well, I think there is the possibility for it to go up just because Tyrod needs quality targets. Yeah. You know, And when you look at their offense, it's kind of shaping up. Yeah, it really is. It, it is really starting is. to come Charles Clay is about to come back. He's already practicing. He's not going to play this week. But I think he'll take the long week and come back maybe the following. So – Sneaky roster play right like there. Like what the Dolphins did with uh, Devontae Parker. Yeah. Jordan Matthews into the slot. Yeah. Calvin Benjamin on the outside. I mean, it, that's really shaping up. And uh, maybe shaking it up can get Zay Jones alive, or we can just start to forget about him, one or the other. But, I, you know, I'm yep. interested by it. Me too. Getting him Jets, off the best corner will definitely help Zay Jones. Yeah, yeah. And for the Jets, I think um, I think Forte is startable. I think it's he might get the squeaky wheel treatment here because of uh, his comments and how they abandoned the run. Right. But, um, you know, I'm not overly excited about him either. Yeah. And obviously we're not excited about McCown either. Yeah, I think uh, the Jets' prospects are kind of right. low this week. As Scott, you know, you said the, the ceiling of the, the total score. I'd take the under in this one. Yeah, me too. All right, Bucks saints we've covered this a lot. I think that the Bucks, uh, the Bucks offense is struggling too much right now for me to trust Jameis. Um, Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, either of them could go crazy in this game. Um, but like, like we said, these, these young corners for the saints have been 
a lot better and they've developed a lot quicker than we thought they would. So this is a this is a scary game. This one might re- get really ugly for Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think someone that I like sneakily in this one is uh, Ted Ginn. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a Ted Ginn game. It's just odd. It just feels that way. It know? doesn't even feel right saying, but yeah. I agree with you. You know, I'm all in on Drew Brees, and I know he spreads the ball around. That's just Drew Brees. And I'm thinking, like, when I'm making that FanDuel lineup, like, maybe I'll throw in Michael Thomas, get the stack. I'm like, that's so expensive. Why don't I just go down to Tedville, Ted Ginnville right. and, you know, stack it up down there? It, it could pay off way more if one connects. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he could easily leak behind that secondary. And, you know, I'm a little nervous for this game to actually be a little lower scoring because, like mm-hmm. I said, I think it will be controlled on the ground by the Saints and through the Saints' defense. But, you know, I, I'm not too nervous to start anybody in the game right i just it it's exactly i'm i, I would be nervous about ted Gid. he's had five targets or fewer in five out of the saints last six games the only one he didn't was the one where he went nuts against green bay which is right. also something to monitor but you know just it's a it's a it's a bomb throw but yeah, you know that's, that's what he's style. good at that's his thing yeah i don't expect um, too much more falcons panthers um in the Pick'em League that I'm in, I, I think it's unfair that I even have to pick this game. Um, I give the edge to Carolina simply because they're the home team. And with the Benjamin trade, the thing that they're going to do to hopefully alleviate some of the stress of Benjamin being gone by throwing the ball to Christian McCaffrey is something that the Falcons don't defend well at all. Right, yeah, they, they're not good against pass-catching backs. I agree with you. I'm hoping that these NFC South divisional games kind of wake these teams and these offenses up a little bit. Besides, I mean, the Saints have been doing good, but, you know, it would be nice to see these teams kind of wake back up, and I think that, you know, maybe a divisional matchup will get them, get them going, get the competitive juices flowing. Worth mentioning, this is a team that Julio and Matt Ryan generally yes. have butt-pounded. Yes. Um, last year... It's a good phrase. Sorry. (laughs) Well, you know, keep pounding with the Panthers. So that's you know, Um, this is the this is the matchup where Julio went for three hundred and a touchdown. Yeah. So there's always that. Um, I think Julio has some upside, but as far as like daily, he's still very expensive. And kind of one of my strategies there is I don't want to pay for something that I quite haven't seen yet. Yeah. So you don't want to pay the price of admission if you're not sure what you're going to get. So you know, kind of. uh, Lean more on those rock steady options in the lineups. Nothing worse than going to see a bad movie in a movie theater because you paid to see it. And you're, yeah, <laughs> you know, you're just wait did. for it. Wait for FX to show the the the, the next Adam Sandler comedy. <laughs> like you, you watch it for free, and then you can actually get up and leave. Um, let's go to Rams Giants. We covered this one a lot. We think this is going to be a big Rams week, uh, especially for that offense that not really anybody has slowed down. And for the Giants, Evan Ingram. That's all I really got. Would you play Sterling Shepard? Yes. I definitely would. He's going to I don't even know if he's going to be on the outside. He'll probably he might still stay in the slot cuz they'll need him there and you got to assume he's going to soak up targets. I I think that he is such a like I tried to buy him in a couple leagues and and I haven't been able to and I'm upset cuz yeah. I really think in PPR leagues he's going to be big down the stretch. I do like him. I struck when the iron was ice cold if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was a good. Once you did that it got my brain thumb like I'm going to try and get this guy and I haven't been able to. Couldn't be a better spot better opportunity for Sterling Shepard going down. Uh, the wire to the end of this season. Ravens-Titans, um, like we said, an inconsistent Titans offense taking on a Ravens defense that couldn't have played any better if they tried last week. Um, I think this is going to be a tough, low-scoring game, so I'm happy I don't have any pieces of any either of these offenses going in my lineups this week. Yeah, I'm losing confidence in Marcus Mariota as the days go on, and I'm gaining confidence in the Ravens defense as the days go on, so I think that is a good summation of what to expect. Alex Collins, I'd be looking for a bigger workload this week if we want to see him, you know, get up another tier of running back. Yep. But uh, full point PPR, still not afraid to play Buck Allen, I guess, uh, just in case. Tough to yeah. trust, but, you know, he could get some value. Yeah, I'm just talking in, in the sense of bi-week apocalypse. Mm-hmm. If you needed to throw somebody in, you could do worse. Yeah, let's get to that because we actually haven't mentioned that yet. We've got Chicago, Cleveland, who I have something to mention to you guys at the end of the slate uh, about them. Los Angeles, Minnesota, New England, and Pittsburgh on buys. So many big-time pieces. So yeah, when we definitely. say it's a bad bye week, that's what we're talking about. Um, with that, though, let's swing it over to Bengals-Jags. Scott, sorry, did you have something for uh, Ravens-Titans? Yeah, I think that uh, Derek Henry is a good uh, daily play this week. He's going to be very cheap, and I think that they're going to run the ball a lot. Okay. All right. Bengals-Jags, um, 
tough week for the Bengals offense, particularly AJ Green. Um, Tom, Tom mentioned why he likes Tyler Croft. I mentioned that I love Leonard Fournette this week, especially in daily. And, uh, yeah, this one might be another kind of sloppy one, just like, uh, Ravens Titans breaking news. Would you like to hear it? Of course. All right. Josh Gordon to be reinstated on conditional basis. Gordon may join the Browns to attend meetings, engage in conditioning work and individuals and work out effective immediately. (laughs) That was what I was saving for the end of the slate. Well, here we are. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, this this Cincy Jags game is going to be you know very defensive struggle. Uh, that's why I expect you know I think AJ Green's still going to be okay because he's a stud. But you know anybody else, anyone of the Jags receivers, I'm not too hyped on it. Yeah, it's going to be this is another one I like the under on. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's go Broncos, Eagles, Eagles at home against the struggling defense equals fireworks probably, right? I can't imagine this going any other way, um, especially with how well the Eagles have been playing. Not only just Carson Wentz, who I've been showering with praise for weeks now, it seems, but like the whole Eagles team has been playing really well. They've been fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Aguilar is a decent play this week to me. Otherwise, you know, it's just Aguilar, Ertz, Wentz for me. It's kind of a tough, uh, it's still a tough matchup despite their recent failures as a team for the Broncos. And for the Broncos, I think I would – I could definitely see myself playing Demarius Thomas. There's no doubt about it. I'm a huge Demarius Thomas truther. It's scary a little bit with Brock Osweiler, but like I said, there's so many buys. And Emmanuel Sanders, I think, will be welcomed back um, if he does go because Benny Fowler was not getting it done. No, dropped a short touchdown. Oh, my last God. One. Absolutely. And I, I don't know, man. Osweiler, for me, it just – I get it because DT's got the matchup this week, and and uh, you know Philly's been thrown on, especially because they get out to such big leads. Um, but you know, I just really don't trust Osweiler. He couldn't do it with the with uh, Hopkins, man. Yeah, it was tough. He's tough to trust this week. I yeah, DT is kind of like a wait and see kind of guy, even and especially Sanders coming back from that injury. But you know, I I have a tough time with the bye weeks being what they are. I have a tough time thinking that people have a better option than Demarius Thomas this week, especially in a more positive matchup than some people might think. Colts-Texans, Deshaun gets to take out his frustrations of losing to what looks like a very good team by putting up a ton of points at home to a very bad team. I don't think that this goes any other way. Yeah, start everybody on Houston and start nobody on Indy. Uh, Why didn't any of us shut down T.Y. Hilton? (laughs) <laughs> oh my I thought about it actually we but have I, a brand guys actually, come on I actually think he could break one off in a game like this after all the big plays that the Seahawks got on the Texans yeah. is what kind of a, it made me afraid to shut down T.Y. because you know you saw Paul Richardson chunking him you saw uh, Lock Tyler it. Lockett chunking him and yep. T.Y. is a big chunk candidate definitely Marlon Mack also has a, a streak of big plays in the last like four games he has a play over 20 yards in each of them so you know, there's a there's a chance for some some weird stuff to happen. If anything can go right for the Colts, it's going to be with those two guys or maybe Jack Doyle. But like I used to think, the Texans are pretty good against the tight end. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to bring that up too because like if you want to ride the Jack Doyle heater from last week, I'm okay with it. Yeah. But just be careful because he had the best matchup he could have had this season against the 49ers or was it the Browns and had one catch for four yards and a lost fumble. So, you know, and I'll never forget it. Yeah, it's just a <laughs> just a weird little like like we said with outliers, you know, um, that was the perfect example of that. Washington, Seattle, um, Seattle gets another game at home. You know, Washington hasn't looked great. Um, I think we can forgive them for the rain in Dallas, but I don't know how this is going to fare with them going across the country to play a Seahawks team whose offense is clicking. Yeah, and I think it's a big Baldwin week because you get Norman on the outsides, and this is kind of the reason that I, I was starting to warm up to Baldwin earlier in this in this season is that when those tough matchups come down the road, he kind of escapes them by being a slot receiver. Right. And, you know, what better slot receiver to have on your team than Doug Martin? I said Doug Martin. Than Doug Baldwin. <laughs> and Russell Wilson knows how to use him. I think uh, they'll have a little bit more success this week running the ball than they did last. That was a uh, only one way to go. <laughs> yeah, literally, there's only one way to go. So maybe we'll see some more work into the slot and less of those uh, play action bombs. Which 
hey, I don't hate them. Yeah, I no. do think that losing Earl Thomas is big for Seattle. So I think Washington's going to be able to move the ball up and down the field. So they're kind of volume chain movers. You're Chris Thompson and Vernon Davis. I, I liked, and maybe even Crowder this week I like because Crowder's in the slot as well. So I think that they'll be able to move the chains, but ultimately kind of freeze up in the red zone. So pretty much anyone but Terrell Pryor, you're saying? Yeah, well, I don't like Doxon either. Okay, yeah, yeah, fair enough. They do basically the same thing. Right. Um, Cardinals 49ers, I mean, this is it. You know, Stanton coming off a bye. This might be the game for the 49ers if they don't want to go defeated this year. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen, especially with Bethard in. I mean, he hasn't looked very good at all. They're bas- We're basically just biding time until we get to see Jimmy Garoppolo, and it seems like Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch don't even care if that happens this season. So this one could get ugly. But if the Cardinals lose this, not even the Pope can save these Cardinals. <laughs> I get it. You got that one? Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. Right, I'm back. <laughs> that That's a good one. I, yeah, it that was a good one. Out. Um, I think both running backs are going to check out in this game with AP and uh, Carlos Hyde. You know, I just feel like there's going to be a lot of handoffs in this game because neither team is going to trust their quarterback enough to throw. But I'm like really sneakily, you know, I love taking these cheap quarterbacks in DFS. Like I was thinking of the same thing. Drew Stanton plays the 49ers, man. Just what if you stack him and, you know, John Brown and they hit like a 50 yarder? You're, You're paid up. You're done. It's it's an intriguing idea. I, I don't you know I don't hate it. I love it. <laughs> and there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean you know I'll that, probably convince myself to do it. <laughs> that's actually what you said about the running backs. Actually, was something that I hadn't really thought about with this game. I think you're right. I think this is going to be a really low scoring game that could be dominated by Hyde and Peterson. Yeah. Well, so uh, Pierre Garcon has zero touchdowns. Kittle has been terrible know, falling off the radar so who's gonna score if they score at all it's gonna be a running back more than likely and yep. you can just pray and that so help a, me god if it's I, matt breda yeah <laughs> chiefs cowboys this looks like it's gonna be the best game all week um a really intriguing one cowboys playing very well uh chiefs playing not as good as they were at the beginning of the season but still playing well enough to beat teams they're supposed to beat like they did against denver on monday night um you know, for our first look at post Zeke and Alfred Morris actually has a pretty good target. Running backs have really been getting it done against the Chiefs. Um, so I, I like this game a lot. I think we have the potential to have a game in the 30s. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting look-see at the Alfred Morris-Darren McFadden split. Yep. Um, I think Darren McFadden still has the pass-catching edge over Alfred Morris. So even if Alfred Morris starts and uh, – I kind of expect him to based on Jerry Jones' comments over the over the course of the week. I think in any sort of PPR format, Darren McFadden would probably be the one to own just because their carry counts are going to be similar, maybe like a Jarek McKinnon and uh, Latavius Murray kind of shakedown. Yeah, I could see that too, actually. That's a that's a good comparison. Um, I like Witten this week too, you know, just because, you know, I just feel like they're going to throw a lot more this week because the Chiefs can be had through the air. They've been, you know, running backs have kind of got it done against them, but yardage-wise, they're pretty good overall, so I think that they can, you know, kind of bottle up the run game, and then Dallas, you know, is going to lean on Dak to, to make those big plays and those big decisions like he has when Zeke has struggled. I really like Tyreek Hill this week because Dallas is beatable despite what um, the performance that Washington put together last week might suggest. Is the winner of this game's quarterback, or is a quarterback who wins this game no longer a game manager? I don't is think this, Dak's is a this game the, the graduation of it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think. Well, that... if Dak loses to Alex Smith, he's a game. Oh yeah, he has to wear the hat. <laughs> yeah, it's a hat yeah. that gets passed around, right, or something like that. Yeah, or no, it's um, what was Alex Smith wearing after they won? He was like wore like a car maintenance repair shop like suit after that. Oh one yeah, playoff yeah. game that they won. <laughs> yeah, he has that. to give that suit to Dak if he wins this game. Sure, I think that's the rule. Okay. You might want to look that up. I don't know. I'll go um, Raiders Dolphins. Uh, um, hopefully the Dolphins put up a better fight in this game than they did against Baltimore. They are playing a much worse defense. So whether it's Matt Moore, whether it's Jay Cutler throwing to Jarvis Landry, who stayed on the team despite some heavy trade rumors heavy. throughout the throughout Tuesday, uh, and Devontae Parker coming back. So the targets are there for Miami to maybe put up a fight, but I like I like you know the the Oakland passing attack in this game. They're playing against a defense that won't punish them for being one-dimensional towards the pass 
Yeah, and I think the running back to own on Miami is Kenyon Drake, if you had to own one. Um, they don't have a rushing touchdown. So, yeah. you know, it's it's a low buy and a low output more than likely. Yep. But those are the guys you roster and you see what happens if you're in one of those crowded leagues and you yeah. might have a, a gem in the rough. I actually like Amari Cooper a lot this week. I just feel like a, uh, a downtrodden team like the Dolphins right now is just going to – if they if they're lackluster, if they're not hustling, you know, Amari Cooper's the kind of guy he can, can cook them. Yeah, yeah. For Kenyon Drake, he's not the best year he'll ever have. He's not going to oh, be God, able to I do it forever. But I'm just saying, you could do worse. That was good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> Lions Packers but over my dead body. Will I let you not get me? Have me? Oh God. Oh, Kenyon Drake man. will take care of you. Leave it to him. <laughs> Lions Packers week two of a post Aaron Rodgers world for well week three because they had the bye but week second game of a post Aaron Rodgers world for Green Bay tough divisional opponent I'm worried about Green Bay in this one even though they're at home I think Green Bay is actually going to be able to hang in this game I think Hundley's going to play a little better I'm not going to say I'm not saying he's going to do great but I do think he's going to do a little bit better this week and and maybe they'll actually put up a little bit more points because you know Detroit they seem to be trending in the wrong direction and uh, their defense has looked pretty solid but I think that they can bounce back a little bit in the divisional game up the scoring a little bit I think Stafford is such a gamer that he'll miss Aaron Rodgers yeah, he wants to play against yeah. Rodgers. Well, Stafford may have to one-up his buddy Kershaw if uh, the Dodgers take Game 7 tonight. Mm, so the sure. back and forth between those two may have to continue. Um, you know, interesting game. Like I said, They'll I really like Marvin Jones. I like Golden Tate this week if he's if his health is still trending in the right direction, which we've received no, port, no report otherwise. So I think it's a no news is good news type situation for Golden Tate. And, uh, you know, I think no I think this might be a get-right game for the Lions to stay on my brand. Um Let's talk about the Josh Gordon thing a little bit. I mean, people are going to be asking, despite the fact that they probably don't need to. Um, I mean, if if you want to get cute, if you want to be that guy and roster him, whatever. If you still got Andrew Luck, if you've got David Johnson, even Bruce Arians came out and said that he doesn't expect him to play this season or he could see it happening. It was more of like a Bruce Arians quote than it was. Like yeah, a, that's why I haven't cut David Johnson in the league. I haven't. Yeah. I was like, that's a very like Bruce Arians thing. But for me, I, I actually have let him go in a team where I just needed to uh, to right the ship a little right. bit. Rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah, I was also... Living riddled, for now. Riddled with buys. Right? Yeah, you're living for you now. Know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can't be blamed for that. you um, got to make it to the show. And if Josh Gordon comes back, he's a big-time ticket, I think think not really i mean if you're living for now it's not worth it and to me you know you guys know how i feel about him and how i feel about players like him in general that have this rap sheet of problems and just i don't know i guess he's motivated because why would he keep trying to get back in if he wasn't motivated but you know it's just hard for me to believe that he's just gonna walk onto the field and just dominate well let's look at it this way the browns own the rights to him Right, so, so like, they convenient of him to be reinstated right after, after the, the trade, trade deadline. deadline. So they can't move him. They don't love him as a team, as an organization. And they don't have a quarterback that can even throw to him anyway. They don't yeah. have receivers who can catch either, though. <laughs> and we do, you know, he hasn't played since December 21st, 2014. So I don't even know if he can either. But I think in some aspect, the Browns may want to try to roll him out there just to see if there's something left that they can get out of him. And if not, they can just cut him. They got nothing to lose. Yeah. Like it's, it's a no lose situation or well, because the Browns are in a no win situation. They're trying to get the first pick in the draft. So, you know, but would you want to keep bringing this guy on if you're the Browns and just keep giving him like all these chances and for for what you know to that I will just say you know their head coach Hugh Jackson if he's going to survive going 0 and 16 after going 1 and 15 or whatever they went um you know he's a Marvin Lewis disciple and what do we know about Marvin Lewis he's okay with giving guys a second chance in his tenure as coach of the Bengals so maybe Hugh Jackson sees a little bit of that in Gordon but as a fantasy football player, I'm not, I mean, only if I'm like way out in front or way far behind and I'm looking for a keeper, am I rostering him? I agree with that. Way out in front, way far behind. Yeah. If I'm a middle of the road team who's like jostling or fighting for a playoff spot, 
you can't waste your time on that just to end up cutting him. And I I saw a report just now. He may not even play till week thirteen. Well, let's let's be honest. He may not play ever. Right. None of us rush to our phone to add him, so we're wasting a disproportionate amount of time. Well, we won't waste any more of yours then. We're going to wrap this up. You can hit us up on Twitter with your start sits, your trade grades, whatever you feel the need to ask us about at RutzFF. You can also contact us individually at HillierFF, at WagsFF, or at WhySoSerious. Don't forget to check out our Man Catch Monday on Instagram, which is also at RutzFF. We will see you guys on the other side of Week 9 on Tuesday for a Week 9 recap with our losers and heroes of the week. But until then, see you later and keep scoring. Hey!